the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are marching orders if you call yourself a Christian and you're part of a church. We'll talk about it next. called the Great Commission. Just exactly what is it? Well, there are marching orders, orders delivered by Jesus to you and I. I'm leaving you behind, he says, and this is what I want you to do, and this is why you're to do it. And that is what we're talking about once again today, here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Join us today as we are reminded once again of why Jesus left us here on this earth. It is to fulfill his great commission. Here's Pastor Napoleon with more. We want people to be identified. Now watch this. With Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's the power of baptism. You're identifying publicly with Jesus in his death, in his burial, and his resurrection. And we have to understand that when we're baptized, what we're saying is, Jesus, when you died, I died. When you were buried, Lord Jesus, I'm making a public declaration that I was buried. And when you were raised from the grave, Jesus, I was raised from the grave. I'm making a public declaration, and I'm identifying with Jesus publicly. Every person in this room should be baptized. Every person in this room. I am making a public declaration that I've given my life fully over to Christ and I'm identifying with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. When the first century church, you watch them, when a person would give their life to Christ, they would have a baptism immediately. But you have to realize that when they did this, Lord, I thank you. When they did this, it was hostile. It wasn't the popular thing to do. It was something public baptism could cost them their life. And so for, for people to be baptized, it was, it was culturally unaccepted and unacceptable. It was something that, like I said earlier, could cost them their life. But because they truly had faith in Jesus, believed in Jesus trusting in who they were, they were willing to do that regardless of the cost. And so baptism is so important. And it's important for us to realize that when it comes to this, that this isn't a game. There is a spiritual, just like I read to you earlier, there's a spiritual circumcision that takes place in your life when you do it in faith, understanding that the power that God had to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power he's using for you on a day-to-day basis to keep you going in the, in the right direction. That God is cutting something off of me that is access. 
And he's establishing me in the right place in his sight. And he's going to use me for his glory. Well, baptism is powerful. Now it's a game for people. People think, oh, yeah, I got baptized. Are you living for God? I think so. <laughs> now, do you understand the depths of what it means when you do that? That this is serious business. And you're making a public declaration, not only just before man, but before all of heaven and the angels. And that this is, so for us as a church, we look at this and we take it seriously that God, he wants us to go therefore and make disciples, disciplined followers of Jesus Christ of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that there's identification that takes place here with God. That man, I am no longer my own. I am a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I am a person that's desiring to be more and more like Jesus. I don't just go to church. I'm not just a churchy guy. That we, we help people to understand that this isn't just being about churchy. This is, man, this is my lifestyle. How, I want to raise my, my kids the right way. I want to make sure I treat my wife the right way. I want to do it the way Jesus would do it. I want, to, I want to treat my spouse the right way, the way Jesus would do it. I want to work on my job as if Jesus is sitting right there over my shoulder watching me do things representing his kingdom. Amen. I want to live my life. Am I perfect? No, I'm going to bump my head sometime. He's going to be there to, you know, whack me a little bit and say, get up. Come on, let's go. But let's get back in here because you're representing me because I've given you authority to represent me in the earth. Well, just think if people really live like that. If we, if we as a church really live like that, that man, I'm living for God. And I don't know all this other stuff. I don't know about all this stuff. I just know that, that this is real to me. I'm going to live my life like this. Like God has commissioned me to do this. Whereas the church, this is the mindset that we want to have as we identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we go forth and we make disciples and we baptize people that they realize that, man, this is serious over there at the well. They don't play around. Yeah, we don't play around because at some point in time, Jesus Christ is going to look us all in the eyes. And he's going to ask us about how we handled his business. He said, Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Look in verse 20. He says, teaching them. To observe all things that I have commanded you. And so this is important. I love what he says here. He says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And so the message that we preach is not our message. It's not a message that originates with us. It's not a message that we have established. It's not a message that we have come up with. All of our creativity all of our ingenuity, all of our feeling as though that we, we know what to do has to go out of the window. And we have to indoctrinate ourselves with God's thoughts and what he has commanded us to do so that when he comes before us in the, at, at that day, that we said what he said instead of saying what we wanted to say. And in making disciples, our job is to make sure that we always go back to the Word. Can I have an amen? amen? That we go back to the Scriptures and find out what Jesus said. It's not a personal opinion issue. 
We let the word speak to us. We don't speak to it. This is what I'm saying. This is the problem. Something is on back there. I don't know what it is. But this is the problem. What happens, saints, is people take this book and they try the best that they can to make it conform to what they think is right. Can you hear me out there? They, they make it, they want it to say what they want it to say instead of just letting it talk to them. When we read this Bible, I want to find out what it's saying to me. I don't have an opinion. I want to find out what it's saying and then let it talk to me. So I don't think that it should be like this, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let me go here and see if I can find some scriptures to confirm what I think. You know, I am single and I have needs. So I want to find something in here that supports my needs. And so let me see if I can go over here and find it. Oh, yes. Oh, I think I found something. Pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. Then we speak to the word and we try to find it. And then when it says what we don't want it to say, then we blame the translation. See, that's just the King James. Because the King James, he didn't know what he was talking about. The these and thou's, you know, so... Then we start going to the message Bible or some other thing and trying to. Can I have an amen, y'all? This is what happens in people's minds. And unfortunately, we don't realize that the word isn't going to change for you. It doesn't conform to you. We have to conform to it. And our job is to teach what Jesus teaching them to observe all things that, that I have commanded you. It's not just about just teaching, but teaching them to observe. We want to teach you, and the church should be a place where I get taught, but the goal is that I'm going to obey what it is that God, teaching people to obey God. Amen. Everything that Jesus said, obey that. Saints, I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing when we get into a flow of obedience. When we really start to lock in and what we feel doesn't matter to us anymore. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You just get free in your life when you don't care about anything else except being obedient to God. God could take me to the moon. He could take me to the Antarctica. Wherever he says, I'm just going to do this. And I don't care. I don't care. You want me to live here? You want me to do this? You want me to get this person? You want me to get... I, it doesn't matter anymore. I just want to be obedient to God. What is it that God... There's freedom in that. I don't have to have so many plans. And I don't have to, it's liberating when you don't have to figure it all out and have it all mapped out. Thank you, Lord. There's freedom in that when you don't have to, have to strive. You have to strive and start manipulating. And using forms of witchcraft to get your way. Can I have an amen, y'all? Trying to be conniving and sneaky and... I'm going to get that. I'm going oh, to get that. 
And when you get, when you get freed up and it's just a matter of what God said, and being obedient to his command, then what happens is I don't have to think about all these ways to manipulate people. You guys see how I take offerings in the church? I talk to you guys about giving, and I talk to you guys every now and then. I'll preach a scripture and tell you guys to give, but I'm not going to be trying to do some fancy footwork to get y'all to give in this church. I'm not going to be manipulating this stuff. If you love God, do what God said. And if God, if, 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 if God can't take care of us, then we're in the wrong business. God can, and he will, and he does, and he continually does. And that's why I don't worry about it. I say, God, people, I'm going to tell them to give. Now, Holy Spirit, have your way. Now, if God starts taking your stuff and breaking your house down, it's not my fault. I told you to give. <laughs> When your water hard to break, don't blame me. But my point is, is that we shouldn't have to strive. We shouldn't have to strive. If we're striving on your job, if you're striving on your job to try to manipulate a way to, in which you could get a raise, then you're not trusting in God. And you're not just being simply obedient, working hard as unto the Lord, and then letting the Lord fight your battles and move you up the corporate ladder. And when he does it, nobody can stop you. Can I have an amen? Nobody can stop it. Because God is fighting on your behalf. Because you're obedient. Well, what happens here, saints, we want to have a church where people are constantly thinking about, I just want to be obedient to God. I'm not worried about what man says or what this person says. If this is what God said in his Bible, then I want to do that. I want to do that. Man, how can you do that? You, you're acting crazy, man. You, you don't even seem the same. You, we used to kick it. And what you mean? You can't, you can't come and hang out with us like you used to. Man, you tripping, man. You done went over there to that church. They done made you a holy roller. <laughs> and then what happens is in people, instead of people saying, well, well, praise God. I mean, why weren't you mad when I was cussing and fussing and acting a fool and stealing your money and, and doing stuff and messing around and tore up your house? You didn't say anything about that, but now I'm trying to get saved and live right, do what's right, live holy, live a righteous life and just try to let God heal me up, clean me up and get my mind right and do right. And now I'm crazy? No, you're the one that's crazy. Come on over here with us where the Spirit of the Lord is moving. Can I have an amen, y'all? But it comes to a place, it gets, we have to get to this place where it doesn't matter. I just want to be obedient. And as a church, we want to teach people here to get to that place where it's about your obedience, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And then he says this, y'all. And lo... I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Saints, this is the thing that makes the difference. When we align ourselves with God, understand that our authority comes from God as a church. This is our mission. Our mission has been fully authorized. He's given us the right and the might to function on his behalf. He's told us to go and make disciples. He says of all nations to baptize people. He says, and then to teach them to observe the things that Jesus Christ has said. He says, 
Lo, I am with you always, even to the end, he says, of the age. This is the most beautiful thing about the church when it has a vision and mission that comes from God. God has committed himself to being with us and to partner with us. This is the difference maker. His presence. Him with us. Him helping us. Him inspiring us. His, him dreaming with us. Him pushing us and moving us and leading us. Him protecting us. His, him fighting for us in our minds. And fighting for us in our bodies. And helping to defend us. It's Him. Being in the midst of his church, he said, Behold, I walk in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. That he's walking in our midst. And that he's with us. I mean, that has to be something in our minds that is coveted. That, man, I want God to be in our midst. Well, he said he's committed himself to do that when we stay on mission. But when we get off mission and we start trying to use all these worldly marketing tools and we start thinking that our power comes from having certain politicians support us and we start thinking that if I can get this person involved in my movement then I'll have success if we start thinking well if I could just get some more money then maybe I can be successful if we start thinking that if, 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 man, if I could just get this person to lay hands on me. We start focusing on the wrong thing and we lose sight of the fact that, that God, if God is, if God be for you, then who can be against you? That you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. And that he is walking in your midst and he is your rock. He becomes your fortress. He becomes your shield. He becomes your buckler. He becomes your very present help in the time of need. That he is the one that will lift you up. And he will hold you in the palm of his hand. And no devil, no demon can stop you and block you and hinder you when you have God in your midst. As a church for 14 years, we've seen God move. We've seen God fight. We've seen God deliver people. We've seen God cast the devil out of people in record number in and through us. We've seen the kingdom of God manifest itself. We have to stay on mission because, lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. That has to be enough for us that God is with us, that God has given us what we need. That God is not comparing us to other churches. They've got their own vision. They've got their own deal. He's asking us, are we aligning up with him? Individually. You are a missionary now. Stop thinking that you have to go to China. Can I have an amen? Pastor, I want to take a mission trip. I want to take a mission trip. Just walk down the street. That's a mission. Can I have an amen? Walk down the street and go minister to somebody. And make a disciple. And as you do this, what happens is God is glorified and he's blessed. And he's with us. Saints, 
this will never change as long as I'm the senior elder in this church. And my prayer is, when, we, when, when all of us get real, real old and the next generation begins to run with the baton, that we can look up and say they're still running with the same baton. They didn't switch it. They didn't switch it out for something that's more fancy. They didn't switch it out for something that's more, you know, culturally acceptable. They didn't switch it out for something. No, they got the same baton, the same baton that God gave to pastor, that pastor shared with us is the same one that's been passed down to the next generation. And now they're starting to run with the same baton and the same baton is going to make it around the track. Can I have an amen, y'all? We can't change the baton and we can't drop the baton. We got to make sure that this becomes what we do here at the well. This is the mission, man. This is the mission, and we're not changing it. But, Pastor, what about? Nah, we're not worried about what everybody else is doing. Pastor, you think we can incorporate? No, no, we don't need to incorporate that in the vision. That's it. This is it right here. You see, that's the mission right there. It's right there. But don't you think that it would be? No. I think that this says it pretty clearly. I mean, he's not talking as something you don't understand. You speak English right now. He's speaking English right here. And when everybody, now listen, we're going to close. When everybody takes this and said, that's mine too. That's the mission of my church. That's our mission too. God gave pastor seven points for the vision, but he gave him this point right here for the mission. It's right here on the pages. And if we run with that baton, Lo, he is with us even to the end of the age. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen? 14 years we've been running with the same baton. And it's not going to change. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise that you've called us to be a church that runs with this message. And our prayer is as a church community that you would consider us faithful causing and helping us to make disciples of all nations. And Lord, we just pray here as a church that in any way in which we have deviated, that you would help us to get back on message. But I pray that we constantly are aware of this wherever we go, that we are ambassadors for you. We are missionaries for the kingdom. And that God, you're sending us, not just to other countries, but you're sending us to our neighborhoods, to our cities. You're sending us to the streets that which we live on to have an impact and to be a blessing to people that need to know you. God, I just ask today that discipleship would be something that comes to the forefront of our hearts in this church that we're constantly thinking about making disciples and being a better disciple. It's not just enough for us to punch our ticket, God. We want to become like you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the vision and mission of this church. Thank you for 14 years of working in the vineyard for your glory. People, Lord, have sacrificed a lot to do this, but we understand the reward 
far outweighs any sacrifice that we've made. And most importantly, we thank you for your sacrifice to even give us the privilege to be in a church. Some of us should be dead right now, Lord. But you spared our lives. You sent someone to share the gospel with us and you have saved us. Lord, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to go out there and be foolish with people that are walking in wickedness. Lord, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I'm just thankful, and we're thankful that we're even a part of a local church. Well, we thank you for tuning in today. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. If you would like to contact us for a copy of today's program, we'd love to hear from you. Copies are available on CD by simply calling or writing to us. And if you would like to visit our website, we even stream our services live right there at thewellchurch.net. You can reach us toll-free at 800-374-9204. That's 800-374-9204. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. And again, you can find out more about us at our website, as well as take advantage of resource materials available there, and stream our services live, thewellchurch.net. Follow Napoleon Kaufman on Twitter at Twitter at Napoleon Kaufman. And again, our toll-free phone number is 800-374-9204. That's 800-374-9204. We do thank you for joining us today, and trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.